Hello everyone, this is episode 11 of Gaming's Lost Memories. I'm your host, Big Reed, and today we are going to be talking about Animal Crossing, uh, one of my favorite game series ever. Uh, so I'll kind of do a breakdown as to like what Animal Crossing is, the games that are out, and just kind of share some stories and stuff. So we'll kind of just uh, roll with it here. So it's it makes me extremely happy to see what has come of the series. So, especially with where it started off. So, Animal Crossing was originally a Nintendo 64 game um, that released in Japan. And I think in the same year, they get they also released it on the GameCube, gave it like a souped-up version. Basically, like the souped-up version is the Animal Crossing that we know in North America. That's the one that came over on the GameCube. And just from having gone back and like I've been discussing a lot of uh, different stuff during this era, I keep going back to the GameCube, <laughs> but I feel like Nintendo around this time did so many interesting things. Like I feel like with the NES, obviously they introduced all of their franchises with the 64. They brought most of them to 3D. And then I feel like with the GameCube era ish, so like 64 to the GameCube, you know, they were pretty innovative as well like they they did a lot of like big changes during this era um but they release a game called animal crossing and i think it was called animal forest in japan and basically it's a game about nothing like you are this <laughs> what looks like to be a humanoid type character i think you're technically a human um but you got like your character wears you know horns like you, it's just so odd you, you can you can do anything and everything and there's like not really a goal. There's a loose goal. So you move into this town. You're, you start off and you're riding a train, which, man, just even talking about this is just like so fascinating. Um, but you start off, you're riding on a train. You uh, A cat comes up to you who's like infamous now with the Animal Crossing universe, asks you some questions. And depending on how you answer them, it like creates your like how your face will look in the game. And you, you get off, and you obviously need a house, so there's a raccoon named Tom Nook who it could potentially be a supervillain. We don't know yet. He definitely has a corner on the housing market uh, in this fictitious <laughs> Animal Crossing slash Animal Forest world. Um, but he's like, okay, well, you don't have anything? You don't have a house? He's like, I'll sell you one. And then basically, you're just like paying off your loan, but <laughs> really what you're doing is you can interact with the animal villagers. You can... I almost said hunt. <laughs> you can fish, you can catch bugs, you can like, you know, fill up the fossils in the museum, you can, you know, donate all of that, you can collect furniture, make patterns, make, you know, songs that play, uh, you know, in your town and stuff like that. It's just really, really interesting and intriguing. You decorate your house. At this point, it came out, and uh, to be honest, I've never even played or experienced anything like it, but we'll give a little bit more context. So that's kind of like, you know, what the game is. And it came out on the 64. Nintendo gave a souped-up version, released it on the GameCube as well. You know, we got that souped-up version. And it was just really an odd, an odd game to make. Because, like I said, there's not really a goal, and it takes place in real time. So if you've ever played a game like Harvest Moon or something like that, or uh, you know Rune Factory, which is basically like a Harvest Moon spinoff, um, the days in the game happen quicker in there. So like in those games, or or just like video games in general that normally have like some type of clock-based gameplay, you know, it's like five minutes. You know what I mean? And a day goes by. Uh, but Animal Crossing used a real-time clock. So this is one of, a real-time calendar and a real-time clock. So it's very important that like when you start the game that you set the time correctly because if you start playing at 5 p.m., it's 5 p.m. in the game. So, you know, it's like in the evening, there's different events, there's different bugs available, different fish available, uh, just like it would normally be. There's seasons, there's holidays, you know what I mean? Like they have basically all the major holidays in that and everything. So even like with that aspect, the game is just so interesting. Now, the one downside is if you are, you know, working or going to school or like you're busy during the day, like it, it, it's kind of difficult to do like the day stuff. Like you might actually only be able to play at nighttime. 
Um, so like the, you know, Tom Nook's store would be closed and everything like that. You might not have access to like all the different bugs and whatnot, or say you're busy on weekends cause like those are your days off. So you're getting like stuff done. Uh, and a lot of the events will be on like Sundays or weekends or anything like that. So it, it's really interesting there, but Nintendo releases this game. Now, keep in mind, the GameCube sold like 18 million units, so it wasn't a lot. Animal Crossing sold close to 3 million units, so, you know, a little over two. Now, the thing was, is it was a really interesting experience that didn't really have a lot of competition. Now, some people would kind of compare it to like The Sims or like other simulation-based games, but... I still haven't ever played anything quite like Animal Crossing, and especially at this time. Like, I don't think there was anything really, you know, comparable at the time. Now, the series got... I'm, I'm very surprised that Nintendo kind of gave it a second look because during the time of the GameCube, they did a lot of, like, awesome things, but their games didn't... Like, a lot of the games didn't sell very well. I think, like, Wind Waker, you know, sold, like, 3 million copies, like... It was hard for them to find consistent hits, so they would have like you know games that sold steadily. Like I'm, I'm sure Mario probably sold decently, but they just didn't have a large install or a player base. So, with how unique Animal Crossing was, mixed with like it didn't sell gangbusters, it wasn't like it released and sold like you know 20 million copies. So, I'm surprised they gave it a second look. It's like so you know interesting. So we'll focus on the GameCube one, then I'll, I'll kind of talk about, like, you know, as it goes on, like, the different games they released. Uh, but the GameCube one, the, I, I get a lot of uh, nostalgia, not with, like, oh, the game is good, uh, but just weird things that happen in the experience. Like, for example, um, I, I remember playing, like, you know, so this was probably, like, high school era, like, high school-ish. I think the game, out, the game came out in 2002. So... A bit of a night owl during this time, right? So I like wake up in the middle of the night and it's like one in the morning and it's like the house is quiet. It's incredibly dark out. You know, I wake up and I just like turn the GameCube on. I'm like, I'll run around in Animal Crossing because like the there wasn't a ton to do in the game. Like it's not like you would turn it on and be like, okay, I need to play eight hours every day to like, you know, <laughs> level up, like live this second life essentially. Um, but you could like, turn it on, run laps and everything like that, and, you know, go talk to the villagers. But I remember I'm just, like, running around. And most of the animals, if they're outside, they're asleep. But, they like, the animal villagers, like, will go in their houses and go to bed because it's, you know, one in the morning. And you'll see, like, nighttime bugs. But the music, they with it, every hour the music changes, and they would have, like, jingles. Uh, like, do yourself a favor and just go on YouTube and find, like, a Animal Crossing, like, the you know, the GameCube uh, one. And just look at listen to the playlist, and, like, you can go through it. But it's just, like... So, like, the nighttime music would be relaxing. The daytime music would be, like, just really interesting. Like, they just, there's, like, nothing quite like it. Like, they just, Nintendo did such an awesome job at making it feel like an experience and, like, really, like, bringing you into it. Because, like, even the music was just so, like, relaxing. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm playing at night and the music is very sparse because it's nighttime. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm just, like, running around. And like a chat bubble pops up and it's like, no, no, come this way. And I'm like, whoa, what the heck? And <laughs> and then like as I'm moving around, it's like, no, 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 go down, go down. And then like eventually you follow the voice prompts until, you know, you find a ghost. And the ghost is like, oh my gosh, I lost my wisps. Like, can you find them? So like you run around with a net and you collect the ghost wisps. It's just things like that. Like I had been playing the game for probably like a year at this point or, you know, however long I've been playing the game. And then all of a sudden I, I fire it up in the middle of the night and there's just like a ghost character that you can do, like, events with and everything like that. So the game is, like, full of just surprises like that. And it, technically there's multi multiplayer in it, too, which is, like, even <laughs> more interesting. Now, you guys can... I'm trying to think here. Because there's a house. Like, you have your house, and you can update it. And, uh, you know, as you pay off your debt, Tom Nook's like, well, you need a second floor, right? Like, you got to keep everyone in debt. Um, so, but you can like constantly upgrade your house. And I believe with the multiplayer, if I remember correctly, if you make a second character, you move into the same town and then there's up to four houses that you can have in the village. You know, you can't play at the same time from my memory. Like, I, I don't think you could do it like in later iterations with the internet, 
but uh, like where your house would be, there could be four like, you know, human character houses. Um, and each of you can, you know, like do your own thing, decorate your own house. Um, your, your villagers will talk about it too. Like they'll, they'll reference like, oh, you know, Big Reed and Big Reed 2, like Big Reed 2 is a big jerk. You know, <laughs> the, the villagers are hilarious when they talk. So if you, if you have a copy, uh, and you have, you know, like siblings or friends or whatever on that same save, I believe you can have four different players. You just can't play at the same time. Um, and then there was an actual multiplayer portion. So if I remember this correctly, this was actually pretty fascinating. So once again, I don't think you could play together at the same time. But Animal Crossing shipped uh, on the GameCube with a memory card because the entire save took basically the standard um, Nintendo memory card. I think it was like 60 blocks, if I remember correctly. They ended up releasing like a, a black expanded memory card that was like 200 and some blocks. And then they released like a souped up one like later in the, the GameCube life cycle. But I remember like you pop open your GameCube and there's like like little memory card stickers with it. So you, you essentially needed a full blown memory card just to save literally all of the, the stuff on it. But um, if you have your memory card in, you could put a, a like your friend's memory card in the second slot and there's a train station. And you could go to the train station and they'd be like, hey, you know, this town, you know, whatever the your friend named the town is available to travel to. Would you like to? And uh, it's pretty cool because like you can just like you ride a train to their town. You can go talk to their villagers, you know, d do stuff in their town, go visit it and everything like check everything out, which was uh, a pretty fun experience. Here's the sad thing, <laughs> if I remember this correctly, too, because I had a villager named Aziz and like. He was my main man. Like I had Aziz from the day that I bought the game in the same village until like, you know, the GameCube, like I, until I went to the military basically. So that's kind of like when I stopped playing a lot of GameCube stuff is the new consoles eventually came out. But I think like by that time I was in basic training, I think when the Wii and the 360 launched, uh, I'm trying to think, cause I think those came first and then no, maybe the 360 launched first. So I think the Wii and PS3 had came out and I was already in basic, but, uh, long story short, uh, Aziz was my dude. And I remember going to somebody else's village and I don't know if this was even possible or if this was like some type of like crazy glitch, but what could happen is if you go to other people's villages and I think you could control this in later games, but in the GameCube one, I don't think you had much control over it. Um, your villagers could move out and new villagers could move in and everything like that. Now, the good thing is, is that that provides like different depth. You get different villagers. Like it's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like it, it makes it feel the game feels alive because when you turn the game off, like all of the events continue happening. So if you don't play for a few weeks, they're like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen you in a few weeks. Like this happened, this happened, like the game progresses, you know, regardless of, you know, if you're logging in and playing it, essentially. Um, but villagers could move. So the bad thing is y you could have a villager for a long time and lose them <laughs> like somebody that you really liked. And I don't think you could stop it in the GameCube version. Cause I, I remember having gone to, um, you know, different, you know, uh, a few of my buddies who had GameCubes like going to their towns and stuff like that. I, I just remember like I logged in one day and Aziz was straight up gone. And I had a letter. So uh, <laughs> the game's, like, really interesting. It, it did a lot with, like, letters then. Um, and I know in more recent versions, they switched to, like, you know, a smartphone app, which is kind of, like, cute how they, you know, integrated that. But, you know, you wrote letters. Like, you would actually type up on a keyboard, like, a full-blown letter. Like, you would write a letter on, you know, different, like, paper fonts you could get and everything like that. It was a really cool idea. Very slow. But that was kind of the name of the game with Animal Crossing. It's like a slow, fun experience. Like you just, you play it to chill out. You know what I mean? You're not playing it like, oh my gosh, you got to write 10 letters. You're just like, I feel like writing a letter right now. Or I want to go catch a cricket. <laughs> or, you know, I want to go to the museum. It's like you explain it to people, especially during that time. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> and they're playing like Grand Theft Auto. And they're like, yeah, I just uh, completed this mission or stole this car. Or like, you know, <laughs> shot some people. And I'm like... I paid off my mortgage <laughs> and cut grasshoppers. Um, but Aziz moved. I, I think I remember the culprit, uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Thunder Sheep. But 
I believe he moved there. And I, and so what would happen is because the memory cards are in there, I think what it does is it like, it transfers the file over. So that way when you're, when the other person takes their memory card, <clears throat> goes and puts it back into their GameCube, like in a couple of days, the villagers can like switch and move and everything like that. But I just remember like not getting notified. It was like, I log in one day and I'm like, Oh, where's, wait a minute, where's Aziz? And then I, uh, I read that letter and he's like, it was time for me to leave. I'm like, what? He just like left. Here's the craziest thing too. He, I believe he either ended up leaving my friend's village or like my friend just didn't play it for a while, like whatever. And I just remember like running around one time just randomly in the game, like probably like a year later like it was so far after it, i had like completely like moved on and forgotten about it and i'm like running and the way that the game works is on the gamecube it wasn't fully like open world so there were like little rectangular sections or i guess square technically but like uh, square sections and then when you run right the camera pans over you run left the camera pans over so like you can only be in like certain parts of the village at one time um just kind of like the way that it worked but I remember I'm like running around and I stop and I'm like, Aziz, oh my God. And I like run over to him and I'm like talking to him. And I, I, I'm, I remember this, but I don't know if this was like a glitch or like he was stuck on the GameCube's RAM or something like that. And I'll explain that in a second too. Because he was just like talking to me and he's like, oh yeah, I was just like traveling around. How you doing? And he didn't live in my friend's town anymore. So I'm like, what is happening here? Like, I, I never looked it up if that was, like, something that just happened. Like, every once in a while, they'll just, like, revisit you. But he I'm pretty sure he wasn't in my friend's town anymore, which caused us to be like, what the heck is going on here? But I just remember, like, running back into him, and it was like running into an old friend. You're just like, oh, my gosh, like, there is my old villager. But, yeah, I, he's, like, I think the only one during that time that I, like, really was impacted by <laughs> Cause like you, you talk to your villagers, like you can, you can do, uh, not missions. Oh my God. I almost called it missions. Um, like tasks they'll give you. They're like, Hey, um, can you give this item to this other villager? Like if they need help, like, it's just like, there's always something to do, but it's always chill. Uh, another thing that was really cool. So like <clears throat> there's furniture sets and there's like a happy room association or something like that. And you can, you know, decorate your house, right? So wallpaper, you can make your own wallpapers too, uh, carpets, things like that. But there's like sets, you know what I mean? There's like the modern set where it's all black and white. I think I always like that one the most. And it's kind of funny because like that's how I actually, I like stuff that looks like that in general. Not necessarily like square patterns, um, but just like simple designs like that. That's kind of like the comforter I have on my bed now. It's like you just see it and you're like, yep, that looks like a dude comforter. <laughs> um but then they would like, you know, rate your room and everything like that and uh, send you scores. So that was all pretty cool. But here's one of the most interesting things. Nintendo put ROMs, NES ROMs in the game. So the game itself was really small, like unbelievably small. So since it was a 64 game, I, I believe, I believe if, if I remember correctly, that the Nintendo 64, the cartridges when it launched were 64 megabytes of data, which if you freaking, and I'm sorry for saying that, but if you go back and play some of the Nintendo 64 games, and if that's true, if it's only 64 megabytes, how did they fit some of this stuff on there? Like Ocarina of Time, Mario 64, like how did they do it? You know what I mean? Like they, they ended up releasing like a RAM expansion pack um, for certain games. But even so, it's absolutely ridiculous. So on the GameCube, since it was a 64 game, the entire game can fit on the RAM of the Nintendo GameCube. So one cool thing you can kind of do, which I don't recommend, is you can actually be playing the game, pop it open and take the disc out. And since it's loaded on the RAM, um, it will still actually function. I think the only thing you can't do is like save, save your game. Um, so anything that would require like a saving prompt, I don't think you can do that. But... It's just so interesting because they fit all of they, there's like 15 NES ROMs on there. And I think at one point, uh, I'm going to go through a list here. Maybe I won't. Uh, let's see here. Give me one second. Cause the fact that there's, okay. 
Balloon Fight, Baseball, Kluku Land, uh, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong Jr. Math, Donkey Kong 3, Excite Bike, Golf, um, something that I can't read, uh, Pinball, Punch-Out, Soccer, Tennis, Wario Woods. Okay, that is absolutely insane, and it looks like there was other games released, um, like Mario Brothers was released on the e-readers, and then The Legend of Zelda exists in the game's code. That, that's really funny, because uh, I remember people being like, you can play Animal Crossing on it, but it was in the code of the game, it never actually got released, so you do something, and you know, you'll find an item, you'll make a purchase, and they give you a little NES console and like you drop it in your house and it turns into an NES and when you look at it like you can play one of those games yes in 2002 Nintendo was including Nintendo games inside of Nintendo games <laughs> and I think they realize now that they can uh, charge people for that either a subscription service or you know a la carte um, and people will pay it so they stopped doing that but that is like one of the craziest features like it's like something so overlooked because like literally um, I think you could transfer them to the Game Boy Advance too um, cause so you could hook up your Game Boy Advance to, uh, um, Animal Crossing and I'm pretty sure you could transfer the NES games to it as well. Um, the only thing is it would be temporary and there's no sleep mode on the Game Boy Advance. So there was the Game Boy Advance and then there was, uh, the Game Boy Advance SP. When you close the Game Boy Advance SP, it didn't go into sleep mode like the later DSs would. Um, so you could connect your Game Boy, which Nintendo... I got to give them a lot of credit. Like even during this time, um, if you go back and look at all of the weird stuff they do on any of their home consoles, like for the NES, Rob the Robot, like they, they really try weird and different things like constantly. Like they just do the weirdest stuff to try to innovate and they never stop. So I, I couldn't imagine. I feel like so many companies, there's, especially in the tech industry, that just kind of like release something and get lazy or they release something and they're like, this is what we have. Like this, this is what we do. This is, this is our jam. And then eventually it's like, okay, well that's gone. Cause like people moved on and now we're dead, <laughs> but I, I got to give Nintendo a lot of credit. Uh, they do a lot of just weird stuff that they'll try. And one of the things was connecting your game boy advance, um, for like different, uh, you know, gameplay features and stuff like that in games. So I'm pretty sure you could transfer the NES games. But the second thing you could do is you could go to a tropical island. Um, so you could connect your Game Boy Advance and go to the island. Now, I if I remember correctly, you can go to the island just on the GameCube. But you can transfer that island. And when you go to the island, um, you can get coconuts, which you can plant next to the coastal or the, the ocean line, the beach or whatever in the game. Um, but you could also put the little island with the little character. There's one character living there, like one animal villager. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy you came. And you're like, yeah, I got a ride with this guy named Flippy or Skippy or something like that. Um, I actually can't remember what the frog's name is. It rose you there and sings you a song. It's all like atmospheric. And like you look back on it fondly, but you're like, okay, we're going to listen to a four minute song to like row to this island. And then you get there. And there's like nothing there but some coconuts and like a squirrel. And the squirrel's like, oh my god, you came. I can't. There's no fresh water. Please help me. And you're like, all right, well, here's a chair. I got to go back. <laughs> uh, but you could, this is like so fun. I remember doing this. You could put that island on the Game Boy Advance. Now, here's the thing. You could take it with you and, and like do stuff with it. But I don't know. I, I don't know how it like got the data back because like me and my buddies, we would like bring our Game Boy Advance to school and, like, have the island on it. And, like, there wasn't much you could do with it. It was stinking cool. Um, and they would be, like, in the Game Boy Advance, so they would be, like, Super Nintendo graphics, basically. Um, and I think if you took it back and reconnected it, um, like, you could you could do activities or something, like, with the villager there. It's a cool idea. But the fact is, like, Nintendo tries this weird stuff. They put NES ROMs into this game. Like, it's just... The game itself is super weird. You know what I mean? Like, they, they just really try this. And it, it was one of the most intriguing games to describe to people that were not Nintendo fans during the time. Because Nintendo was in a really weird spot. <laughs> like, to, to give some context on why, like, Animal Crossing is even more weird for the GameCube. Is Nintendo is looking for a partner during the Super Nintendo era to make a CD-based Super Nintendo, okay? 
they go to Sony and they work with Sony and they create the Nintendo PlayStation or the Super Nintendo PlayStation, like whatever you would want to call it. And there's like two of them out in the wild. So like if you Google this, they look crazy. But basically they were working with Sony and Sony's like, here is your Nintendo PlayStation. First of all, isn't that freaking crazy? That's like a podcast for another time. Then they disagree with who gets the software rights and like Nintendo's like, no, we just want you to make the hardware for us. Like you're not getting any software revenue, you crazy people. And Sony's like, ah, whatever. We'll call it the Sony PlayStation and release it. (laughs) And it'll be totally cool. And it was totally cool. But the Nintendo 64 comes out and they use these 64 megabyte carts. Square Enix and like all these like companies that are releasing like they want to use CD-ROMs basically like PC is using because you can you can put more data on it. It's it's not a lot like you go back and look at a CD-ROM and you're like, wow, you could fit 11 songs. What a nerd. Uh, like the data data is so huge like file sizes are so huge now but nintendo went from like being the cream of the crop to losing out to sony then they released the gamecube and the playstation 2 it destroys the dreamcast sega's like oh my god we're dead microsoft's like hey do you like halo here's an xbox it's huge it's awesome go america and nintendo's like uh our gamecube has a purse handle and is purple. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, here's Animal Crossing. Everything's weird. Here's a microphone. Like, connect your Game Boy Advance to it. Here's all these strange things. The whole, you can never, ever, ever replicate why this era was so weird. Like, there's, you can never replicate the NES era because Nintendo just freaking rolled the dice and they're like, we are fixed. We're going (laughs) to, we're going to bring the video game industry back from the ashes of the last burning crash and they freaking did it and they created like the nes basically created all of these gigantic you know modern day gaming franchises that were just huge for like 20 plus years to come i don't think you can replicate that and i don't think you can replicate this era because from a business perspective it was just so weird you know like for example the internet like (laughs) didn't really exist it did because i've referenced this before like i you know would go on the game facts uh i didn't have an email address so i didn't have an account for a long time but i would go on like the game facts message boards and you know everything was like way overly moderated it was hilarious like you like you would say anything like disagree with somebody and they're like well you lost your account (laughs) Uh, it wasn't that bad but they they definitely loosened it up um because i think that's just kind of like the direction the internet went you know what i mean like you can kind of troll each other a little bit and like it is what it is as long as you're not saying anything mean um but you just can't replicate like how weird the era was because one nintendo's already pretty strange in terms of a company like they they always want to innovate and try new things even if they're kind of like they might not work out like the gamecube for example having that microphone where you play certain games and like talk into it to give commands like it's just it's just strange but they try it you know what i mean And the fact that, like, describing, my whole rant with this was, is describing Animal Crossing as opposed to other games to people that did not care about the GameCube was hilarious. Because I I remember, I I don't want to say it was Grand Theft Auto 3, but I I do remember the launch. I don't remember the launch of Grand Theft Auto 3. I just remember it always being around. But I remember the launch of uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Um, Now, I did not have a PS2 at the time. And uh, I can respect Grand Theft Auto, and I think, like, the series is really cool. Uh, but it's just not something, like, that I'm, like, super into. But I remember it coming out and, like, literally people calling off of school <laughs> and not showing up. Um, wh- which was, like, so hilarious. Because, like, all, all of, like, the guys in my grade were just, like, like 20 people were gone. Which, for my graduating class, was, like, a third of everybody. <laughs> it was probably even, like, more because it's probably, like... <laughs> half of the mill population just didn't show up. But I remember uh, like somebody describing that. I was like, nah, I was like playing animal crossing and like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, even when you're not playing, like the game is happening and like, it runs on like a real world clock and like you do all this and they're like, what? I'm like, I know like that part is still absolutely crazy to me. Um, just like with the technology, cause it's different now, but like at the time it was just like, you're running on a real world clock and the game like functions, it, it will progress. Like when you log back in, it's like, hey, here's all this stuff that happened. So just like super interesting. But like describing that game to people, 
they were just like, I don't understand. Is there shooting? Are there missions? Like, even I called the the tasks the villagers give you a mission. I'm just like, whoops. <laughs> like, see, you just like, you're like, okay, I need a mission. Um, but it was super, super intriguing. And there was really something there. And Nintendo was willing to like give something so strange a shot. But here's where everything kind of changed. And I want to share some stories with this too. So uh, Animal Crossing came out in 2001. 2005, the DS version came out, Wild World. Now, when Nintendo announced the Nintendo DS, uh, <laughs> it was Reggie fils I think is how you say his name. And one of the features he announced, which was like freaking huge <laughs> at the time, it's like so crazy to talk about like Wi-Fi wasn't really a thing then <laughs> you know what i mean like it might have existed but not really well like you you my speeds i just got an email from my uh my um internet provider and they're like hey we just bumped up your speeds for free up to 800 megabytes a second or megabits however you say it so like i almost have like gig speeds now and like <laughs> the speeds were like so terrible at the time that you basically if you were doing anything of any importance you had to run a wire and you don't, you don't have to do that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's good for, like, really competitive gaming. It's not a bad idea. But for, like, your average gaming, like, you can just run off of Wi-Fi now. And it just, like, I, Wi-Fi just wasn't a thing. If you go to a, a place now or, like, a business or you go somewhere and they don't have Wi-Fi, you're like, what is happening here? <laughs> but Wild World came out and introduced online elements so when they announced the nintendo ds they're like this has wi-fi and everybody's like whoa like everybody like starts clapping at the e3 press conference isn't that weird to clap for like wi-fi our thing has wi-fi Woo! <laughs> um but so it came out in 2005 and i don't know if i had it in 2005 i feel like i did but my memory of this time is i want to say the ds let me see here did i have the DS Lite information because the DS Lite came out in March of 2006. Okay. Or no, excuse me, June, June of 2006. Oh man. There's no way. June, July, 2000. It cannot have happened in 2006. Wow. That changes like my thought on this. That is uh super interesting. So, okay, let me explain this. I definitely had animal crossing before that. So I'd already been playing animal crossing. Um, but there's no way June, July. Wow. Okay. That that is one of the, like I did not realize that it was in the middle of summer. So that makes this even more interesting. Wow. So I had already signed up for the military uh, before I even graduated high school. Um, I kind of knew, you know, that 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 was basically my next path, right? So. I already had all the paperwork signed and apparently there was only about a month of this happening, but complicated relationship with my mother. A lot of people have complicated relationships with family members, but I remember, you know, I'm getting ready to leave. She's like, well, you graduated. Um, so I've been saving, you know, like money from birthdays and stuff for you. She just like set it aside for me. So she gave me, it was either one or $2,000. Um, and she's like, cause I needed a bank account. Um, because like I, I didn't have a bank account <laughs> and, uh, my mom was kind of like, you know, like put your cash under the mattress type of person. So she's like, this is all of your money from like your birthdays growing up, et cetera. Like Christmas, like I would just like tuck it aside, which was really sweet of her. So she gives it to me. I go to the bank and I'm like, I need an account. Here's money. They put the money in there. And for whatever reason, I don't remember debit cards being like super popular. Like you could get like an ATM card. I think they were called at the time. So you could pull cash out. Um, but I don't know if they like needed to order it or something like that, but it was just like, they were like, here's checks. It wasn't a big deal. Like I don't remember because my mom didn't use debit or credit cards. She was just like, ah, no, you do cash. You know what I mean? Put the cash under your mattress and then you just use cash for everything. So, I needed a bank account so, you know, the army could deposit money, you know, when I went to basic training and everything like that. And I left at the end of July of that year of 2006. So I graduated and I, I guess I had maybe like two months, maybe a month and a half to two months. 
And here's like my my memory of Animal Crossing right before this, and with the Nintendo DS Lite. The the DS Lite came out, and I'm like, wow, this is awesome because I loved my regular Nintendo DS, and. I just remember my mom being like, well, you have that money. She's like, why don't you go and like, you know, pick one up? And I'm like, huh, I guess I could. <laughs> I wasn't used to having money. And of course I had to write checks because <laughs> they gave me checks and I didn't have an ATM or a debit card. Um, and they give you those, uh, like if you ever open a new account, they give you checks and there's like maybe like 10 or 20 of them. And they're not like, they don't have your full information on that. It's just you have to order real checks basically after these are done. And they were Winnie the Pooh slash like Disney ones too, which is even more hilarious. Like, I don't know why they gave me those ones. I, I, I refused to believe that I had a choice or I was being a smart, butt and picked that one, which is hilarious. Um, because I remember I going to Walmart and we were like romping around. So it was like midnight and, uh, I, I bought like a bunch of random like food and crap. And, <laughs> The lady ringing me out. It was like a younger girl, probably in her like 20s. And <laughs> I like wrote a check for it. And it was like awkward because I never really like wrote checks before. And as I'm like ripping, it's like ripping out of the book all weird. So I'm just like, oh, this is like, so it's already embarrassing. I remember her looking at me. She's like, are these even your checks? And like, I got so mad at her. I was like so angry. I was like, yeah, they're mine. Like my name's on them. What are you talking about? And it's like Disney, like I'm writing this check. It was taking forever. It was like so awkward. She just wasn't having it because like we were being stupid kids. Um, but it, I just remember that being funny. But I go, I awkwardly buy the Nintendo DS Lite with a check. <laughs> and I remember very fondly, I would play Animal Crossing Wild World for one hour basically every day. Like I would fire the game up, you know, uh, pick all my fruit, sell my fruit. But I remember I'd play for about an hour every single day from the time that I graduated till the time that I shipped out in the military. And I, I remember that time being very interesting. Um, like for me, from a personal perspective, it was a weird, like melancholy feeling because graduation happened and then I essentially had two months. You know what I mean? And I remember I graduated. I had like big, long, spiky hair. And I graduated and I buzzed my hair um, just to kind of like get ready for that. So I shaved my head. And like I was just waiting, you know, for the date to ship out. <laughs> but I have fond memories because I was like, you know, hanging out with my friends, you know, you know, just trying to enjoy, you know, the last two months and, you know, enjoy the people around me. And I remember, you know, I'd wake up or I would have my DS light next to the bed fired up, which the, the, the batteries are incredible in those things. I don't understand how they work so well. And, uh, you know, I would just play an hour every day or you could do online stuff. So I would go to different people's villages and like get stuff. Um, like you would go there and be like, here's a million bells. Uh, and they would be like, cool, here's this furniture set. Like you would go on the online message boards and chat and, you know, hopefully nobody gets duped or, met, you know, screwed over. But it, I just remember that time being so interesting. Cause like the last couple of days I stopped cause it was like, yeah, I was nervous and stuff. Um, but I just remember that time of firing up Animal Crossing, playing it for an hour, like every day for that two month period. It was just a very interesting time and it, it, it's hard to explain. It's just like, it was a feeling of like, there's not enough time you're running late. You need to be somewhere. So you can't fully relax and a little bit of like fear, you know what I mean? And I just remember like playing animal crossing during that time and it being peaceful. So I've always looked at that series in an interesting way because of that experience as well. Like the original Animal Crossing experience was interesting, but that two month period where I had that DS Lite and, you know, played Animal Crossing during that time, that was like my last game that I played regularly for like, you know, probably maybe like a year or so. Uh, I think I went like basically a year without playing really any video games uh, just because I was like in so much training and, and stuff like that. But it was just a really like solemn quiet time 
where you knew on this day, like everything was going to be different and was going to change and you're going away. So Animal Crossing Wild World for me was an experience that kind of reminded me of home in the sense of not my actual like home, like where I was from, but it was just home in the terms of a different time in my life where I was leaving and going to change. And I knew, you know, the change was coming like, you know, I don't know. It was just very interesting. So that's <laughs> when I made the podcast, you know, you talk about gaming's lost memories. It's uh, experiences like that, that I look back on and I'm like, you know, I don't really tell people about that, you know? So it's kind of just a way to document um, memories and experiences that you kind of had with that. So we'll kind of switch back here. And we'll talk about Animal Crossing Wild World a little bit. <laughs> so this was the game. So where on the GameCube, you had your panels, so your little square panels. And anytime you'd go to the right, the screen would move over. This one, full 3D world. So you would be like running around and you're, it's like you're running around on that Dragon Ball Z, like King Kai's planet. It's like really small. Um, so that was really, that was like really interesting. Like you could run around real time. The graphics... The, the Nintendo DS graphics were kind of interesting because the screen resolution was uh, not so hot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, however, the game was definitely like an, a, a better experience in terms of like the gameplay and everything like that. Like you had your online features. You had a lot of good stuff. I don't remember the Nintendo ROMs though. Nintendo, give me back my ROMs. Um, but it brought a lot of like features to it where they streamlined a lot of things. And here's here's the biggest thing. It sold a lot. So the install base and the popularity of the Nintendo DS and the DS Lite in particular. Like the Nintendo DS Lite sold <laughs> it's the Nintendo DS Lite is one of the best-selling consoles of all time, not counting the other DSs roped in with it. it sold like 100 million copies. Like it had the brighter screens, the better design. Like it was just such an awesome little console still like one of the coolest designs the only thing that i would say is like not so great is the buttons went from like pushy buttons instead of clicky i prefer the clicky buttons that they used on the other ds models and they pretty much use on everything else like even the i'm touching my switch now like the switch has like the clickies so that was like the only thing is you had to like push it in a little bit more but the the original animal crossing we said 2.71 million copies animal crossing wild world almost 12 million copies so that was critical for the franchise because what it showcased was if if the game is there if you if you have a really solid title um the, this game can sell because not only does it appeal to like your average like you know like me gamer like your more stereotypical majority as you would expect but the series also appealed to female gamers as well. So that's something like that Nintendo commented on, especially with later iterations, is it's a game that like, you know, uh, females feel comfortable purchasing as well. Um, be, and it's kind of like not your standard game. So like your standard video game formula is completing missions, fighting bosses. Like you go back to the NES, and like every game follows this pattern. Go right, fighting enemies, then you fight a boss. Generally, like combat, like you're, you know, using whips or you know blasters or something like that. And this is like a completely different experience. It's a lot more chill. Uh, like there's not really like a, your stereotypical gaming, you know, elements to it. So it appeals to a much wider audience. But Animal Crossing Wild World showed not only the gaming industry, but the, but Nintendo as well, that there is definitely, you know, something here. So I really like that game and it brought a lot to it. Um, and I, I think Nintendo built upon it. Now here's where it gets weird. Animal Crossing City Folk. Uh, that one came out on the Nintendo Wii. And this game is kind of uh, interesting because it's probably... I would, oh, this is going to sound tough to say because I don't know if you count the side games. I, I personally don't. Like, so when we're talking about this, we're just talking about the main ones. There's one, two, three, four, there's five of them. Um, I didn't like City Folk. And it was kind of funny because, like, one of my buddies, um, like, you know, if we're just, like, hanging out and I'm gaming or something and I'm, like, we're just, you know, shooting the breeze and I don't want to play something where I have to pay attention to it, you know, I would fire up City Folk on the Wii and I would do the same thing. I would run around, do, like, three things. And, uh, it had a city slash town that you could go to. So you could like, you know, 
um, get on the, it might've been a bus. It was a bus or train in, on this one. Um, but you could get on there and you could travel to the city where there's different vendors and everything like that. Go there, talk to them. It just didn't feel like, I don't know. It didn't feel like the original Animal Crossing or Wild World up until this point where there was so much charm and so much like content packed into the games where they felt in the previous two iterations, it felt more like an experience that really roped you in. Now, that one sold more similar to the original Animal Crossing, like 3 million copies, which is really surprising because the Wii had a huge install base. So the DS kind of showed, and the portable game market to Nintendo just... The, after the DS Lite release, they were just like, we're like, this is our space. You know what I mean? Sony can release a PSP or a Vita, but it's just... We'll, we'll crush anything out there. Also, in Japan... The portable gaming market during this time, it, it just trumped the consoles. Like, if you could release a really good portable console, like, they would rather play that just because of commutes and everything like that. It's just, like, a different culture where, uh, you know, North America, it's more of, like, the home consoles. We had a huge install base. The game didn't sell well compared to the install base. Like, it barely beat out the original Animal Crossing, which had, you know, one-fifth of the install base. So that was kind of interesting. But I also think the game didn't it didn't feel like animal crossing where it brings you in with its charm and like it like it ropes you in here's where it starts getting crazy animal crossing new leaf on the 3ds freaking love that game you know like 10 out of 10 oh my god you're the mayor in that version and that that wrote me back in that kind of showed me that yes this is still a really solid franchise uh, also sold really well so another like 13 million copies you know sold <clears throat> once again on the portable game market but I, I would argue you could say that New Leaf is like overall like one of the best you know experiences out of all of them. Um, so that one was like really awesome too. Now here's where it gets redonkulous. And this is where I think Animal Crossing now is probably going to be a staple for Nintendo. And it was kind of like up and down. So Mario, Zelda, you know, Mario Kart, for example sells a billion copies it's just it, it is what it is nintendo knows if they release a mario kart game it's gonna sell i, th I think on just the switch <clears throat> the remake or the enhanced version of mario kart 8 sold like another 25 million copies it's just ridiculous right here's the crazy thing animal crossing new horizons came out peak covid time so i think march of 2020 is basically like when everything started shutting down and getting weird and it came out in March. So they pushed it back, released it, and everybody basically, you know, was being told to stay home and quarantine and all this stuff. And it I don't know if it's just the perfect storm or if it's going to repeat something similar if Nintendo, you know, say the Switch 2 comes out and they release like New Horizons 2 or you know whatever you want to call it, if it sells the same 37 million copies. Almost 38 million. It's probably going to keep selling too. So many people play this game, and it's just like, ah. while I didn't play New Horizons that much, like I have it, I can enjoy it for what it is. I think it does a lot of cool things. You know, they change like the crafting mechanics. Like it's a it's a really cool game. You can pick and choose your villagers. Like there's so many. You, you could fully make your town. Like they basically just gave so much. You know, like creation control to you. So I can respect it for what it is. It's absolutely, you know, awesome. It's just during that time I, I was, you know, working full time and everything like that. Like I, I you know, um, I basically had to work through all of COVID, which is fine. That's not an issue. But I didn't really get to experience that game too much. But to see it going from a series that sold, you know, two million, two million copies on the GameCube, being what you would call a success, it was rated well and everything like that. To just, it's just everybody knows it now. You know what I mean? Like if you have a Nintendo switch, like one out of every three players has a copy of like animal crossing. And it makes me really happy <clears throat> to see, you know, people from all backgrounds, age groups, you know, everything enjoying the experience of animal crossing. And it makes me really happy that like they're playing new horizons and having the experiences that I would from playing the original. Like, that really does make me happy. And, and I think that title now kind of cements itself 
in the series as a staple for Nintendo. <clears throat> and, you know, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but Nintendo is not afraid to stop making video games that don't sell. Like, I was very happy to see Metroid come back, to be honest with you, especially with everything weird that was happening. But I think it, like, did well enough that, you know, you'll continue seeing Metroid. But now, you know, Animal Crossing's up there with Mario and Zelda in terms of sales and Pokemon and everything like that. So it's it's really nice to see a new generation of gamers kind of going into this incredibly unique experience and also seeing, you know, the differences over the years and how much creativity Nintendo put into New Horizons as well. So while it wasn't a game that I played a whole lot, um, it, it, it makes me happy to see, you know, a franchise that is very near and dear to my heart continue to evolve, continue to grow. And I think it's going to continue to be in the video game industry for a long time. You know, I think when Nintendo releases a new console, uh, whenever that may be, I think you're, it would be silly of them not to have like an Animal Crossing either at launch or, you know, at, at another opportune time um, like the previous ones. But the, the player base is there. And I think they kind of showcase that if you can make hardware that everybody likes and, you know, it's it's part portable, it's part, you know, home console. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, the market is definitely there. So uh, what's funny too is New Horizons outsold all of them combined. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Um, so it makes me really happy to kind of see, you know, a franchise that, like I said, I hold near and dear to my heart be successful. So I absolutely love Animal Crossing. It's one of those series where it sometimes when I talk about like retro games and stuff like that or older titles, um, it's kind of funny, but you know, Animal Crossing is over 20 years old. <laughs> doesn't seem like it's that old, but, uh, but anyway, um, it's nice, you know, seeing new people come into the series and get to experience, you know, things the way that I experience them. Uh, and it's one of those games too, where like you can go play a new Animal Crossing game. Uh, you don't have to be like, okay, well, I got to lug out a, a GameCube or a Nintendo 64 to try to play this experience. Like, this is one you can kind of just, you know, download on your Switch or something like that and play. Uh, but it's definitely a worthwhile title and, you know, definitely really interesting to kind of jump in, run around, go fishing, just to chill out a little bit. <laughs> um, but th that'll wrap up uh, this episode of Gaming's Lost Memories. Uh, and today we talked about Animal Crossing, and I am Big Read, your host, and thank you so much for talking with me.